Today's episode of No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back, everyone. Arthur Staple here with No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Uh, well, we still have no games, but uh, we do have a couple of things to talk about, uh, at least to top off the show here. Lou Lamorello, who uh, I've been asking to come on the podcast all year, and he's respectfully declined every time. He did do a Q&A uh, that the Islanders posted on their on their webpage, which uh, was pretty entertaining. He uh, he did tell all of uh, Islander fandom that he does not eat breakfast cereal. He's a uh, fruit and yogurt kind of guy in the morning. I think if you see Lou at all or know him at all, you probably would have figured he's not pouring a big bowl of Lucky Charms in the morning at age 78. Um, but it would have been great if he if he did. Um, a couple of the, the ones that were really relevant to the team and future planning um, were kind of, uh, you know, not real bombshells or anything. Uh, he was asked by a fan um, if Matthew Barzell gets an offer sheet this coming offseason, will it be matched? And he said, yes, we will. Uh, and when it comes to the three restricted free agents the Islanders have, Barzell, Devon Taves, and Ryan Pollock, um, how does he see them all fitting in? He said, we're going to do our best to sign them all. I think it was even more definitive than that. So, um, you know, nothing really out of the ordinary. Can you imagine if, if he had said, uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna see what we get with Barzell. I'm not really sure what that, what that would have done, uh, considering the season still isn't technically over yet. <laughs> we're not into the offseason, although it sort of feels like we're headed that way with um, with the, the societal guidelines that are still in place and more lockdowns coming around the country and around the world. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's a surprise in any way. And I think when it comes to what's going to happen in the offseason with Matthew Barzell, I think that, you know, a lot has changed uh, just in these last couple of weeks thinking about whether what kind of off season we're going to have um, if they do decide to cancel the rest of the season in the playoffs, um, what that does to team and player revenues. Um, I think what it does is reduce them both by quite a bit. The the league is, you know, you're already seeing some teams starting to furlough workers, um, setting up funds to support them, but also not paying them their full salaries. The league itself is is down, uh, reducing salaries across the board in the in the meantime, which I believe they also did during the full year lockout. Um, it's uh, it's a sad, strange time everywhere. So I don't imagine that uh, an offer sheet for Matthew Barzell would be really feasible for a lot of teams if the salary cap stays the same and their owners are out quite a quite a few million dollars uh, before next season. Um, and I don't think teams would be willing to gamble a lot of their futures on one guy coming right out of the a work stoppage caused by such a such a, a difficult situation as this uh, with the, with the COVID nineteen pandemic that's going on right now. Um, and I wonder how players and their agents are going to feel. Are you going to be the type of person who's going to you know see mass layoffs and empty stands? Uh, promised and you know kind of coming down the, around the pike with people with with less money and and the world economy in a different situation uh in a few months than it was just a few weeks ago uh, and say i'm going to get every last dollar that i'm going to get 
Uh, I don't really know. You know, I think that's an individual decision. It's certainly not uh, for me to say what's good or what's not good, but uh, but I somehow don't feel like there's going to be a lot of the contentiousness, a lot of the competitiveness around contracts when we get back together with sports. I think there's going to be a different feeling coming. Um, so I, I definitely felt like Matthew Barzal was going to stay an Islander. I feel it even more now, and I don't think there's going to be an offer sheet because I don't think teams are going to even know what they're doing, you know. Maybe there'll be some amnesty buyouts. Maybe there won't. Maybe every, maybe there'll be 27-man rosters now to keep more guys employed. I, I have no idea. And, uh, and neither does the league and neither do the players. So I think uh, what we're seeing coming around the bend is uh, is nothing like we've ever seen before. And um, I'm curious to see how it's going to all play out. Um, you know, the league issued an update also on where they are with uh, their their temporary suspension of the season. They're still following their own medical experts, the CDC's guidelines, which have called for kind of an eight-week moratorium on, on anything with crowds, um, anything over 50 people, um, and that was just last week. So there's not a ton to update. Um, you know, I think the IOC deciding to move the Tokyo Olympics to 2021 opens a little bit more of a summer window for for the NHL if if things seem to be able to get under control around the country and around uh, North America and really around the globe because there are players that have gone home to, to Europe uh, in the interim. So, um, you know, maybe there's more of a window to play, a, a, a you know, kind of a, a March Madness style tournament to, to get down to 16 teams or whatever, you know, I think there's been a lot of ideas that have been kicked around, whether it's 20 teams or 24 or all 31, get a crack at a playoff game or two. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be strange. And I wonder really by the summer, whether we'll be in a situation to have games in arenas with people in them, even if it's workers, people like myself. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I had more of an answer for everybody. Uh, I wish they had more of an answer for everybody too. So uh, we just have to continue to ride this out. I don't think um, people are thinking too much about, um, you know, the the short term in terms of playoffs other than people around the league and the GMs and, and people like that. I think the regular folks are, you know, itching for something to watch, but, uh, but we kind of all have to be safe first. So, um, my feeling kind of still remains that uh, we're not going to see any hockey until the 2021 season. Um, and we'll see what that brings. I, I imagine that we're going to see in either case, uh, we're going to see a draft that's not done in person. It's done over the phone. That may be the future of the NHL draft. They might not move it around from city to city anymore. And as someone who has to go and cover it after covering a full season, I may say amen to that. Um, and I don't think we're going to see development camps over the summer. Um, you know, I don't. I think that's going to be too soon, especially if the season, if they're pointing towards more of a September training camp type scenario. And I do wonder what's to come in the fall. You know, a lot of the medical experts have said this could come back around, even if it's even if it's you know tamped down in the summer, it could come back in the fall with a vengeance. Um, what sort of plans, contingency plans, the league will make for that? Um, you know, it's uh, it's all. It's all complete unknowns right now, and it's uh, it's a very strange, scary time for everybody. It feels good to be talking about the Islanders a little bit, um, but uh, but I think we're still very much up in the air with uh, with what's to come as far as the NHL and the, and the team is concerned. Obviously, the GMs have to plan for a million different scenarios, and the league has to plan for any number of scenarios, but um, 
But I think for now, uh, it was interesting to see Lou kind of say, like, yeah, we're going to match an offer sheet. And I don't think he expects there to be an offer sheet, certainly not now. So um, that's kind of where we are. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot of more updates in the in the coming weeks until uh, until things have seemingly started to crest a little bit with, with cases around the country. So um, uh, maybe the NHL will make a decision proactively ahead of that, but I'm not too sure. We'll get back into the show in a second, but first a word from Roman. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And now we're going to be joined by my old friend Jimmy Trena, who doesn't have a whole lot to do with the Islanders, but is a good friend of mine for many, many years, is a Long Island native, and um, is the originator of sports and pop culture on the internet, um, bringing them together uh, with Sports Illustrated, Hot Clicks. He has train of thoughts right now. So let me just say welcome and thank you for coming on, Jimmy. How are you? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I am okay, I guess you could say. I mean, is, is, there any, the is there any other way to be right now except okay if you're not, you know, bad? Yeah, I think that okay is the best we can do right now. So I'm, I'm, I'll take it. For you yeah. and for for you and for me, yeah. um, did you ever think that you would be on a podcast dedicated to the Islanders in your entire life? I, I can't say that I have. It's uh, it's not exactly a team I am overly familiar with at the moment. Um, if you would like to talk Mike Bossy or Brian uh. Trottier might be able to do that. But well, let's let's do that. What you know, you you grew up. Uh, you were just starting to pay attention to sports kind of at the tail end of that dynasty era. So, and you were a Long Islander, yeah. so that the Islanders must have been a big deal when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, they were a very big, you know, every so every one of these conversations, it's like back in my day, and I'm so old, I remember, but like, you know, there was a time when not every single game from every single sport was on TV, and you watched sort of what was local. And I was lucky enough to have cable, as my parents had cable. So we had Sports Channel, which was the home of the Islanders. And, you know, back then they were a great team. With I, re I remember Bossy, Trottier, um, Billy Smith, John Tonelli, Clark Gillies. This is like the four I remember. Um, and they won all those cups. And here's one that I'll, I don't think you probably know about me that will really throw you for a loop. I also remember being – I mean, this is when I was really young. The other team that occupied the Nassau Coliseum at the time, in addition to the Islanders, was a soccer team, I believe, called the Arrows. Sure. And I would go to those games as a kid. Really? Yeah, indoor soccer. 
Yeah. Wow. That is, you yeah. know, that's the sort of dedication to sports and ridiculous sports that I, uh, that I should have come to expect from you, but I'm still a little bit surprised to hear. What was the guy, didn't the arrows have a guy, uh, this is, you know, I was obsessed too, obviously they had a guy who was like the Mike bossy of indoor soccer back then. It might've been Shep messing. Does that make any uh, sense? He, yeah. No he's, I think he was a goalie, but yeah, being okay. an indoor soccer yeah. goalie sounds like a suicide mission, but, yeah. um, so you spent your time at the Coliseum. What's the best thing that you've seen at the Coliseum since since the Coliseum is still a special place to a lot of Islander fans and people on Long Island? Am I allowed to say Billy Joel on New Year's Eve? <laughs> huh. That's fine. When I was in high school, <laughs> I thought it was more recent than that. Uh, Jimmy knows what Jimmy knows well that that my my incredible disdain for the Billy Joel songbook but uh but i respect that there are lots of people out there who love him and they certainly i certainly hear his songs a lot at the coliseum and at the barclay center and i will hear them at the belmont arena i'm sure because that's what islander fans care about so tell me about this concert well no, i i did say i saw the last the last event ever in the coliseum i guess before they refurbish it was a billy joel concert so right. i did see that and Here's where we'll probably okay. So this is where us being on opposite ends of the musical uh, spectrum will come into play. So when Billy does, you know, Billy does the residency at Madison Square Garden, and most of the time when he does it, there's always a special guest that comes out and does a song or two. And at the Coliseum, he had the special guest, and you, I bet you probably would have loved this special guest, whereas I was bored out of my mind by the special guest. At the, the last show at the Coliseum, this was a few years ago, the special guest was Paul Simon. That's not bad. So you say not bad. I was taking a nap. <laughs> I mean, to me, Paul Simon falls into the Billy Joel area, but that's fine. I, I think Billy's music is a little more high energy. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Um, I saw a Billy Joel show at the Garden a couple of years ago where the special guest was Kevin James, and I wanted to walk out and get a refund. <laughs> so it, Paul Simon was definitely better than that. Well, that's good. That's I mean, yeah. the last show at the Coliseum, should, you should probably be able to get somebody better yeah. than Kevin James. But uh, yeah, did Kevin James sing? I don't want to get too far down this road, but... It was like fake singing, which really oh. annoyed me. Yeah, yeah. That, that is annoying. That means you've got yeah. you, you've you've run that concept into the ground if that's what you're doing right. as Billy Joel. But okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, now you are a person who uh, has his finger on the pulse of what people, what sports fans who spend their time on the internet care about, and you have for a long time. Was that really when you started? doing hot clicks and mm-hmm. paying attention to that sort of stuff. Did you, was that the first time you, you were, came to understand that hockey fans are kind of a special breed of sports fan, especially when it comes to the internet? Um, I feel like I'm going to be mean if I answer this honestly. No, um, no, no, no. We want honesty. I just, what I quickly realized was that hockey did not bring the traffic it just didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, that was really the only thing I learned. Um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like, and this must frustrate you so much. I feel like hockey gets like its attention when it's, should there be fighting allowed? Um, 
How many yeah, games should they, that guy be suspended for driving that other guy's head into the ice? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I'm... and then I, and then the playoffs come around, of course, and then you know there's always these great games and you know double, triple, quadruple overtime, and everybody gets on Twitter and they say there's nothing better than playoff hockey. But and then the you know the regular season happens and you can't get anybody to pay attention. It seems like <laughs> it's true. But it, it's, it's hockey. True. Here's a question for you: Is hockey because maybe I'm missing this because I don't follow it closely for instance like baseball is completely and totally now a localized sport if the you know tigers are playing the brewers on espn no one's watching that game unless they live in detroit or milwaukee is is that how hockey has become i think hockey fans in general especially the ones that are the loudest voices online are very much of the please like my sport (laughs) variety so that they are always on the lookout for a gif or a tidbit or your if some some national if the one nationally televised game is going on everybody's expected to be watching it and frankly because it's i like hockey and it's my job i do tend to watch right. them when i have the time but right. i think i think word travels it's a small community and word travels fast and they're all very much like oh this was amazing everybody should know about this and really like you said the reaction from the sports world at large is generally Eh, we're we've got other things on our minds, but um, it's but uh, definitely- you you actually what you said should have been the answer to my question. I did one of the things I also did realize is that there is the whole big you know why don't you like hockey contingency out there. You get very annoyed if you you know if there's like a Stanley let, let's say there's an NHL playoff game going on that's in double overtime, and I go on Twitter and I say, oh my god, I'm watching The Sopranos and you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> Um, you know, I'll get like, why aren't you watching that? Which always kind of boggles my mind because not everybody watches the same thing, but people don't realize that, I guess. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So you're a baseball guy. One of, right. What do you, you know, how do you fill? Not, that's not even really time. And this is the time as a baseball fan, you're really gearing up to, to be interested how how does that time get filled for you professionally and and personally? I and mean, I think this applies for Islander fans, for hockey fans, for fans of of every sport, I guess, except for the NFL, which seems to be behaving business as usual. But um, what uh, what what fills your your sports need right now? Not sports. <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, listen, I. I I'm not really into the old games as much as some people might be. I mean, listen, if I see that, you know, maybe the 96 World Series with Game 7 Yankees-Braves is on, maybe I'll watch the last inning. But I I can't sit there and really watch the whole game. Um, I think one of the, you know, the issues with my job and trying to pay attention to everything is that I basically get into YouTube wormholes every minute and then – like I say, I know three hours have passed and I've watched, you know, Andy Kaufman on Letterman from 1981. And I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I need live sports. It's hard without it. Um, and I know I'm going to miss baseball a lot in the next, you know, few weeks because I feel like it's the thing about baseball. I know a lot of people don't like it. They think it's an old person sport and that all could be true. But I know for me, what I like about baseball is that it's sort of like always there if you want it and you need it. You know, if uh, I don't want to pay attention to sports for a couple of days, that's fine. And then if I want to sit home and watch the Yankees, I can do that. If I'm in my car driving around, you put it on, it's there. You're 
running errands on the weekend. It's on in the car. You have it on the TV while you're barbecuing. It's it's just like a nice summer background thing. Um, if you don't even want to be hardcore about it, which I think I am. So I will definitely miss it, I think, over the next couple of months for sure. I don't know yet how I'm going to fill the void, but um, probably not with sports. Can you watch old games? Is that like... Oh, uh, that? no, no, I watched them already. <laughs> right, um, exactly. I mean, sometimes if it's something that I've completely forgotten, but uh, but not usually. And I think, you know, for Islander fans, obviously, you know, they I think they started like NHL Network already last week started the first week with nothing was like, hey, we're going to roll out the dynasty clinching games. And I'm like, OK, and then after that, that's it for the Islanders for the whole rest of the time. There's nothing going on. So. I don't, right. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'll some, sometimes look back to games that I covered where I was like, gee, I don't remember this happening, but that's because I wasn't really paying, sad to say, paying much attention because I was too busy writing. So, um, it can happen, but, uh, but yeah, in general, I, the old games should stay old. Yeah. I, if I see an old game, I will tune in for a few minutes more for the announcers um, seeing a game, you know, n- you know, no score bug, no, uh, so, I mean, you would know this with hockey, but like, you know, no advertising advertisements on the, on the, on the, on the boards. Uh, you know, I like taking in that stuff more than like what actually happened. We'll have more with Jimmy in a second, but first I just want to talk about something here. Tournaments have been canceled. Leagues are suspended. There hasn't been a live game on TV in what feels like a year, even though it's barely been more than a week. There's no better reminder of how important sports are to our lives than to take them away completely. But The Athletic is still home to 400 of the best sports writers out there, and in these very strange, very uncertain times, they are still hard at work doing excellent reporting and telling unique, engaging, informative stories. Like one about Brazilian soccer legend Ronaldinho being in a Paraguayan jail right now, or how the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams was beyond repair, or my latest from earlier this week about the four Islanders who stretch along the red line and whether they're looking for a fight. It's during times like these that The Athletic can help keep you connected to the teams, the athletes, and the sports you love. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash Belmont, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Games aren't being played right now, but the stories that draw us all to sports, those don't go away. So go to theathletic.com slash Belmont for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. Now, I'm not going to call you out as the best sports gambler that I know, Jimmy, but you're you're up there and you've been you've been doing it for a long time since before it was in vogue to think it was it should be legal. Um how do you how do you fill that void with no pro sports now or no sports now? Well, I'm very lucky because, you know, I did did go through phases of my life where I would bet every sport. But in the last few years, I've toned it down to where I really just bet the NFL and college football. So I'm okay right now. I do like to dabble in baseball. I will miss that a little bit, but um, I try not to go overboard with it because I did have a problem betting baseball. Um, But I'm okay right now because like I said, I really just bet NFL and college football, but I will say the, the gambling sites that are out there, legal and illegal are, are really getting creative. I got an email from one of them today saying that they're now offering bets on chopped on the food network. <laughs> so I like that. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was kind of intrigued, but um, I'm going to try to 
like I said, limit my gambling to NFL and college football. But they, uh, you know, I mean, they put they put odds now. Offshore sites put odds on on WWE now. So there's a way to get a fix if you need it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lay low for the time being. Now this is a question that uh, that our a good friend of ours mentioned to me that I that he wanted us to discuss, which is oh boy, can you have the right bet and still lose? If you want to be wrong, like our friend Dan, yes. In my (laughs) world, to me, what's right and wrong is whether you cash a ticket or not. So this all stems from a a day in Vegas where the Vikings played the Lions. Dan and our friend Hal bet the Lions. I bet the Vikings. My only reason for betting the Vikings is because I refused to bet John Kitna, who was the quarterback of the Lions. The Lions outplayed the Vikings, and in the last minute, Kitna threw a pick six, and the Vikings won uncovered. I cashed my ticket. They didn't. They're trying to tell me they were right. Well, fine. You want to be right? You could be right. I cashed my ticket. You didn't. So I look at it like I'm right. You are right. I think that's an easy one. If Dan's on the oh, other he's side, not, of the he's argument, not. He's not going to like that answer. I know, but if he's on the other side of the argument, I think we both know where where the where right and wrong stands. Um, do you have you ever bet hockey? Yes. Oh yeah. In college, when I started betting, thanks to our friend Petey, by the way, who <laughs> led me to a bookie, um, I was betting every sport every night. Really? So you. Uh, yeah. as someone who n- knew nothing or cared very little about hockey, you were still betting it. Did you care more? Well, I think back betting? then I would, fo- I think back then I might've known who a few of the goalies were. I mean, well, back then I followed the, yeah, I knew, I'm trying to think that might've been like the Pat LaFontaine days. Okay. I followed a hockey. I followed it somewhat back then. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, I, I followed back then I followed every sport too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't watched one second of college basketball probably in two years um, outside of like the tournament when I go to meet, you know, Dan and Mookie somewhere. But I don't know how people pay attention to every sport these days. It seems impossible to me, but yeah, I can't I, do it anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. It's bad. I mean, it's not it's not a welcome break right now from anything, but uh, right. But that is one thing, because this is really getting into that time of year where it would be the confluence of every sport and you're supposed to, in your job, pay attention to all of it. I, uh, you know, what was in years past when you had March madness and spring training and NFL free agency draft and NHL and NBA playoffs, was it kind of, did you dread the spring because you had to keep your eye on everything? No. Um, no, I actually loved it. And I always preferred, I always preferred to me, September, October, when you had NFL, college football, MLB playoffs, and then I think the NHL would start in there. Then, you know, I always preferred that time of year more than the tournament, baseball, NFL draft time of year. But I never felt overwhelmed by it. I always enjoyed it. And then when I got older and you have a real life and responsibilities and your parents are older, there's kids in the mix, then, yeah, then it all sort of falls by the wayside. Now, um, through your job and your podcast, um, you've interviewed and 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 uh, dealt with lots of professional athletes from various sports, entertainers, things mm-hmm. like that. Is there still uh, a podcast interviewee that uh, that you hold dear after all your many years? I'm a first year podcaster, and uh, it's I haven't had anything yet that I feel special about. But uh, what's the one that you hold most special? 
Um, it's a good question. I mean, I had Steve Carell on my podcast, so that was huge. Um, because I, I, there's so like you know when I was doing hot clicks, I interviewed a lot of athletes without, but not on the pod. Like I interviewed Tom Brady once in person, not on not for the podcast, but just as a Q and A type thing, and um, that was really great because he was totally not what I expected. Um, and I interviewed Jeter two or three times in person. I hear you're a fan. So, yeah. So those, but, but if you're look, if you, if you're someone listening and you want to go to the SI media podcast and listen to one I've done, the Steve Carell one would be the non-sports one. And then for sports, um, I mean, I had Vince Scully on my old hot clicks uh, podcast, but you can't find that anywhere now, which really bums me out. Um, trying to think of one i mean i had bill raftery on last year who was just like telling stories and hysterically funny i get into the ones like that sort of the nostalgia you know i've had brent on a few times brent musburger who's always great oh and then of course here's the one you're gonna you want to get out the barf bag but maybe some maybe there's some crossover islander yankee fans last summer i went to yankee stadium and i interviewed john and susan oh that was a, a thrill for myself i think most islander fans as you know are met fans so maybe not Best, I think but... that's a little overrated. Like, yes, I, yes, I think they do. It does go that way, but I think you, there are still so many the other way as well. Uh, I suppose you're right. My last question uh, for you, and thanks again for coming on. Um, a nice soothing 15, 20 minutes for us here with, without any sports to talk about. Um, yeah. You are a, much like me, a um, veteran work from home guy. Yeah. Um, does it help you at all? Do you have any? Do you have any advice for the the newbies in the work from home department, or is it just we're all we're all we're all in the same boat and nobody's got any, I, I, anything to say to share? I mean, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, I like it like twice a week, maybe even three times a week, but five days a week is rough. I mean, my advice would be, you know. Try to be as disciplined as possible. I mean, it's not easy. Um, these are different circumstances. I mean, this is a whole different ballgame. When I work from home um, without this going on, it was – you just felt left out and um, out of the mix a lot. With this, I mean, everyone's sort of in that boat, but – I'm actually more on top of work stuff than ever because, you know, we're on top because we can only communicate basically, right. you know, Slack and, and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a totally different experience, but, um, you know, I'm just hoping, hoping it's not, you know, more than a couple of months with this. Cause you, in, in our business, I think you need to, to be in front of people. That's true. That's true. Um, well, thanks again, Jimmy. Uh, Anytime. I, I think maybe we might have to revisit this at some point, depending on how long this this break lasts. Uh, we'll get some more. Anytime you want, you you let me know, and I'm I'm there. We'll have a good. Uh, we'll, we'll tell great uh, stories from March Madness, from Vegas Vegas uh, Vegas trips gone by. That'll that'll really keep everybody riveted. But uh, but thanks again, and thanks to everybody out there listening. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from the Athletic. We'll catch you again soon.